Good morning. How's everybody today? Thumbs up? All right. <laughs> A few announcements. Um, we are in need of some ushers. So if you could help with that, there is a sign-up sheet out in the narthex, and Phyllis is willing to kind of help you with that, so don't worry, it's not a whole big deal, but we do need a few people to help. Um, the other thing that we wanted to mention is the walk to Emmaus from last week, the service. Um, those are coming up in April, and there are walks for men and women. And if you think you're interested, talk to one of us gals that um, provided the service last week, and we will um, fill you in with more information, and we would be happy to sponsor you. So it is truly a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Okay, Sheila? Am I on? Yo, there I am. Uh, I have a sign-up sheet as most of you know, we are doing something a little bit different on March 4th. We are having a sit-down dinner and a musician playing. We are real excited. We have sold five tables, so we have 40 people coming for dinner. That's the great news. The bad news is we need some servers. Um, we've reached out to a couple different NHS. We thought that might be a nice... Uh, opportunity for them to get some service hours in. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. So we are looking for some folks to help us serve that night. If you had no intention of coming to the dinner, but maybe you are free and could help us serve, we'd appreciate it. There was a sign-up sheet out there, and we'll also need some help the week leading into that for some food prep. Thank you. All right. Are there any, any, any other announcements that anybody would like us to make? No? All right. We will begin our time worshiping. If you will stand, please, and join me in the call to worship. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. They wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. We will wait for the Lord to speak to us as we worship him in spirit and in truth. Now if you'll join me for hymn number 546, The Church's One Foundation.
Now, if you'll take a moment and greet someone with a smile or a handshake or a hug. Please join me in the prayers and concerns. Of course, we pray for comfort, healing, solace for all those affected by the MSU tragedy. Also, Carl Habrick, as, as you can read, um, has been fighting pneumonia, so we do pray for him for healing. Dan Holmes, Ken Boley, that's Luann and Rick's son-in-law, is having a spinal infusion or fusion on February 16th. Kelly Smith, she had surgery this past Friday, and please keep her in your prayers for a speedy and full recovery. Uh, Joshua, he is a veteran that is struggling and he was diagnosed with brain cancer and given only months to live. Eric Stone, pastor at Adrian First United Church, has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Russ Cadmus, uh, Shirley's son-in-law's father, and he is having surgery at Cleveland Clinic. And we continue our prayers for Ukraine and all the suffering there. Can Syria? Oh, Tur oh. The, the earthquake in Turkey and Syria and all those affected. The last I heard, there were tens of thousands of, of casualties. And as said, joys and concerns. And uh, I have the microphone, so I get to brag just a little bit. My youngest daughter starts her nursing career tomorrow. <laughs> Are there any other joys or concerns? First granddaughter to get married. I know with all of our prayer requests, it's easy to to lose sight of all the joys also. So it's important that we remember all the wonderful things that are happening in all of our lives. Please join me in prayer. Dear Lord, we look to you for our comfort, our faith. We thank you for all the blessings that you give us all the things that we seem to overlook every day, all the joys, all the smiles, all the laughter. And even though there are trials and tribulations, we ask that you continue to be with us, to carry us, to always be with us, and always let us know that you're there. Amen, amen. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please join me in a silent prayer for all those prayers that we know or that, quite frankly, that you know, dear Lord. Okay, if you will join me in the affirmation, you can stand if you would like. We believe in a loving God. We are created in God's own image to love him and to love each other. We believe in Jesus Christ as God's son and our Lord. He has given us the way, the truth, and the life. We believe in the surrounding presence of God's Holy Spirit in our daily lives. The Spirit enables us to know God's will and helps us to follow it. We believe that when we falter and fail, we have cleansing forgiveness for our sins, which separate us from God and those we love. We believe in the Holy Scripture which reminds us of our desire to know God. We find God's revelation in the prophets and the apostles. We believe in prayer. We talk directly to God about our deepest burdens. We pray for ourselves, our family, our community, our country, and our world. We believe in the church. It is a family that binds the grieving, the lost, the injured, and the outcast. It is a caring experiment in the blessedness of the kingdom of God. We believe in the assurance of eternal life. We reach for God, and God reaches for us until we embrace in love forever. Amen. Now if you'll join me in the Gloria. seated and now we'll hear a song from our beautiful choir.
children may come forward. Good morning. Did you guys have a nice week? Um, yes. yes? Just a little bit? Teeny tiny bit? Or a whole big batch? Um, I had a celebration on Valentine's Day. Oh, that's right. It was Valentine's that's Day this cool. last week. Oh, my goodness. You're going to get a what? A fish. Now you're going to get a pet fish? Oh my goodness. What kind of fish? Do you know? Just a fish that swims? All right. That's exciting. Morgan? <laughs> so what did you guys do for Valentine's Day? Did you get any cards? I got a lot of cards. You got a lot of cards? You gave your cards to friends at school? Yeah. Did anybody else get cards or give them? Um, I, got, I got some and I gave some You got some and you gave some away. Well, that sounds wonderful. Uh, I have a party at my school. You had a party at school. Excellent. Now, here's a... Uh, and that was so fun. It was fun? Did you have candy? You had a party at school, too? Excellent. I had games at my celebration. Oh, that sounds very good. And I love that. <laughs> you love that. Well, that's wonderful. pizza and a mini cake thing? Oh, that sounds very good, too. Well, on, on Valentine's Day, did you also have some work you had to do at school? Yeah. Yeah? So it wasn't all fun all day, but it was fun for a bit, wasn't it? In the afternoon. In the afternoon? Okay. Well, here's something. The party started in the afternoon? All right. I bet you a lot of people out here had Valentines. I received a Valentine's. My wife gave me one and a whole bunch of candy. Did everybody else get Valentine's? No? Uh-oh. Well, hopefully you all understand how much you are loved. I have a question, though. Who do you trust? Who's somebody that you really, really trust? My mom and dad. Your mom and dad. Um, my best friend, Max. Your best friend, Max. Well, that's a wonderful thing. And it's wonderful that we have people that we can trust. Why is that so important? Do you know? You'd have to hide. Oh, if you didn't have people you could trust? Well, trust is something that is earned. How do you earn trust? How can you trust people? All right. So you do So you do things with your mom. Well, trust is something that we earn. You don't know. Okay. 
But trust is something, trust is something that we earn. And how many out here have earned trust from somebody else? Who do you think? And how many people have people that they also trust? Do you have somebody you can trust? Oh, I didn't see everybody's hands go up. That might not be good. Well, trust helps build our relationships and helps us to gain self-confidence and helps us to have somebody to talk to. Have you ever needed to talk to somebody and say, hey, is this good or bad or should I do this or shouldn't I do this? Maybe it's, maybe it's what socks to wear. See, I have a little colorful socks. Maybe I should ask other people if I should wear those. But do you ever ask people for advice? Nobody asks for advice. Does anybody else here ask for advice? Okay. Well, advice we ask because, well, we believe people have knowledge, that they know something. What is something your mom or dad knows that, that you probably don't quite know yet? What do you think? Well, I ask this because we are going to talk a little bit about knowledge later. And knowledge is more than just having information. It's being able to put it together. Like when I first became a parent with my first son, how much experience did I have being a dad? None. I didn't. My son was the first one. So sometimes parents are learning as they go also. But having that trust and having that knowledge is important so that you guys can learn and grow to be good people. Now, we've mentioned mom and dad. Who's somebody else that we can trust and that has knowledge? Your teacher? Well, I'm thinking of a specific entity because we're in church today. Why do we come to church? God. 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 So I hope that you always maintain your trust, your belief, and that you search for God's wisdom. So you have to ask for it, though. Can you guys do that? A little bit? A little bit? Um, and you trust Jesus. And you trust Jesus. That is very true. So I want you all to remember who you trust, I want you all to remember to ask for guidance because sometimes life gets hard. Let's ask. Does life get hard sometimes out there? Just once or twice? Maybe a whole? See, but it gets hard for adults too. So I want you to always remember that. And we're going to have a very, we're going to have a little prayer. Can you guys join me in a prayer? Okay. Dear Lord, thank you for all that you've given us. Thank you for all the loved ones we have. Thank you for all those that we can trust and seek knowledge from and help us to always know your love. Amen. And I know you guys don't want any suckers, do you? No? I don't hear anybody. All right. Do I get a fist bump? Do I get a fist bump? Oh, they passed by. All right. Oh, I get a bunch.
Dear Lord, please accept our gifts. Multiply them and do your will. Help us to always strive to do the best that we can and help us to guide us and give us your knowledge. Amen. Now, if you'll stand uh, for hymn number 133, Leaning on Jesus. Please join me in the scripture reading of Matthew 24, line 36. No one knows, however, when that day and hour will come. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, the Father alone knows. I have to admit, I very much like preaching from the good news and Jesus' word because normally I get to say how he loves us and how that love manifests and how we get to rejoice in that. This passage, however, it's a scary passage. I always skim this one. And why would I skim it? Because it deals with end times. All the uncertainty that that brings. When I thought of the end times, I thought of death and destruction. And, and quite literally when I read this, it's like, boy, this, this isn't fitting with what I normally say. With I want to be upbeat. I want to, and how do you be upbeat on that? But it isn't down and depressing and destruction for those that are taken in the end times. Matter of fact, for us, is believing in Jesus and believing in the Word and believing in revelations, how many people want to go to God when revelations come? When that day and hour comes, how many people here say, 
I want to be one of them. Oh, I did not see all the hands. That's a little frightening here. So it's actually scary for those left behind. And, you know, it makes sense that we think of that passage kind of as, as doom and gloom because just before that, in Matthew 24, 15, it refers to it as the awful horror. But once again, it's God's love, isn't it? That he will take all those that are his children and keep them safe. And then here's the glory of it. Those that are left behind have another chance to find God. Yes, they will go through horrible things. And yes, well, quite literally, when do we, when do we embrace God the most? As, as a person, as a community, as a nation? Unfortunately, that is usually when we are going through some of the most horrible trials and tribulations. I, I, who's heard the saying that there's no atheists in a foxhole? That's because you're looking at life and death and at that moment in time, you're brought closer to God than ever before. Je Jesus used a lot of parables and if you read either before or after, he's using parable of a faithful and unfaithful servant of, and he uses the parable of the ten girls with the lamps of oil. And he says, you have to be prepared. But who believes that when he talks about this, he's actually talking about oil or physical things that you need to have? Or is he talking about we need to have our souls ready? We need to be his faithful followers. We must be prepared. That is, his, that is what he says. Even the angels in heaven, not even the Son knows the day or time. Only God the Father. So we must always be prepared. But it's not that we have to buy things. It's not that we have to have our kitchen stocked or, or our emergency generator full of gas. It's that we have to have our Bibles. It's that we have to have our spirits and our souls filled with what God wants us to be. I was thinking about this, and as I said, this one was a little more difficult because I love to think of God's love. And when I realized this is another manifestation of God's love, he's protecting us. And those that are not to him, he's giving another opportunity. How many people have new vehicles, a brand new car, or within the last five years? There's a, there's a system on that vehicle that non-slip. How many have a non-slip car? And what does that mean? It means your tires don't slip. So it, it's better most of the time for you to drive around. But they also have a little button that turns off the non-slip. Why is that? Has anybody in a non-slip car been on ice and when you stomp on the gas, your engine revs and the tires sit there and do nothing because they won't slip. But if they don't slip, they do nothing. Every now and again, we have to turn off the non-slip so we can slip and slide so that we, we're not getting traction, but we're moving back and forth, back and forth until we can go away, until we can move forward. Sometimes that's where we need to be. We need to kind of slip and slide. We're not in the best non-slip trajectory of the car, which is normally the best, but normally is not always. I made this uh, scripture. It says, 
knowledge. So what is knowledge? Knowledge is not just information. I heard a story once where the daughter of the President of the United States had a homework assignment dealing with the Great Depression. And she came to her father, but her father was really busy, so she went to her mom. And her mom said, well, it's about the Great Depression. Why don't we call the Department of Finance and ask them for some information? Obviously, they know all about the Great Depression, right? Sounds like a good idea. Would you agree? It does, doesn't it? And they called and they asked. And then, like a day or two later, two truckloads of information come pulling up to the White House. They had spent millions of dollars on overtime to do this because they thought it was coming from the president. Well, neither to say, the daughter and, and the president's wife were horrified. It was like, oh, my land. But here's all this information, so they decided not to let it go to waste. So this young lady did her book report, her report on the Great Depression. And guess what grade she got? She got a C. Precisely. What? It wasn't the information that was lacking. It was the knowledge of the information, how to use it, what to say with it. God the Father has all the knowledge. We, we're like, we have a whole bunch of information, but how many people think we have the knowledge of God? How many people would admit that we do not have the knowledge of God? And I bring this up not to say that we're deficient or that we are stumbling, but to say that God guides us. He always has. He sends us the Holy Spirit. He gives us the word. But God has the knowledge. And even when we're stumbling in the dark, it's his knowledge that can give us peace and guidance. Even when we're talking about things that are massively difficult, when we talk about no one knows, however, when that day and hour will come, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, the Father alone knows. But who believes that this is the only thing that he knows, that we do not? Has anyone knew something? You absolutely knew it until you found out you were wrong. How many people here have experienced that? So when I say this, I want us never to, we don't judge ourselves in in a negative light. God gives us the information we need and guides us where we need to be. I'll give another example. Jesus loved parables, and I like stories, if you hadn't noticed. There was this doctor, long ago, took over a hospital, and he looked at his statistics and found that his infant mortality rate was was astronomical. It's through the roof. So, of course, he wanted to lower the infant mortality rate. And he discovered that there was another uh, hospital. It happened to be a Catholic school but, or a Catholic hospital, but, but their mortality rate for infants was really low. So, what would you do? Kind of look at what they were doing, right? And he went through everything that he thought would have any difference, and it didn't matter. It didn't make any difference. So he got to the very last thing and said, this can't be it because there's no reason for it. But it's the only thing they're doing that we're not. Guess what it was? Prayer would be a great one, but, but no. In this instance, it was scientific. They were washing their hands. Now, this is a time before they knew about bacteria, before they knew about all kinds of things that we now know washing your hands makes a big difference. But guess what happened? Obviously, he was being terribly, terribly 
inefficient, and this was obviously not what it could possibly do, at least the board of directors thought that way, and guess who lost his job? Because they knew that that couldn't be it. So when we know something, let us always keep our minds open, our hearts open to God. The thing of this passage, though, that really I want us to remember is this isn't the end. Who believes that this is the end? God is taking people home. He's giving people an opportunity to come forth to them. But it's not the end. For indeed, when we leave this bodily shell, how many people think that that's the end? How many people here know that it is not the end? As Winston Churchill once put, this is not the end. This is not the beginning of the end. But perhaps this is the end of the beginning. So when we look out, when we pray, when we strive to be better than what we were yesterday, do we strive to do this? Do we rely on our knowledge? Or do we grab hold of God's knowledge? Let him guide us and strive to always remember that he is in charge, that he has a plan, and that we are part of that plan. That's a little bit scary, though, isn't it? We're part of the plan. Because it's really easy to go through life and just continue on. I know how many people here have not intended to cause harm to somebody, but because you were focused on something else, you just didn't even realize that you caused that harm. Has anybody done that? Unfortunately, I have to say I have. And it wasn't that I intended. I just didn't know. So can we rely on God? Can we trust in God? And I think that's one of the biggest questions we will always have because trust is always something we continuously earn. But God has never let us down. Sometimes he knows the plan and we don't. And sometimes that makes it very hard. Has anybody had a hard time following God's plan? Nobody? Oh, a couple of hands. I, I know I've, I've told you a little bit about my history. I have been blessed with being a judge in Lenawee County, Michigan. And how did that happen? Because my plan went totally afoul. I was going to be in the Navy. I was going to make a career out of the Navy. I was going to stay in the Navy my entire career. And God had other plans. But it is his knowledge and his plan. And we are part of the plan. Not just a little part. I heard one other saying that I'm going to leave you with. You are the hero of your story. Let me say that again. You are the hero of your story. Amen and amen. Now if you'll stand, please, and join me in the closing hymn, number 98, To God Be the Glory.
May the Lord bless us with all good and keep us from all evil. May the Lord give us light to our hearts and loving wisdom. May the Lord be gracious to us with boundless knowledge. May the Lord embrace us with his love and generosity. Then we will know the true meaning of peace. Amen.